ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Bowl season rolls on with the famous Toastery Bowl in Charlotte. It's Western Kentucky against Old Dominion. 2.30 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Plus, and the ESPN app. All right, Dominique, before we start a new hour, would you do this? This is the Jaguars mascot, Jackson DeVille. What do we got going here? Absolutely not. Like, what is, <laughs> for who, for what? In the words of the great Ricky Waters, no thank you. I, Danny, would you do that? Yeah. Bungee jumping? Did yeah, you guarantee that the thing wouldn't uh, snap? I mean, d- define guarantee. <laughs> guarantee. I mean, no, I, obviously no. I can't guarantee well, that. Well, you know no. what, Greeny? I'm white. White guy. <laughs> <laughs> See, most people do it. Rex, would you do it? Down you know line. darn well I'd do it. You would Same do it. guy that's what? jumped out of an airplane, ran with the bulls. You jumped out of an airplane? Yeah, of course. You ran with the bulls? I ran with the bulls. In and- Pamplona? Yes. What did I tell you? When we do crazy stuff, no, but I'm gonna forty time. I'm a white guy too. Not good. Not good. I run with no damn bulls. Is there a reward at the end? I run with a bulls. You remain alive if they don't kill you. Adrenaline. Not just adrenaline. I I will say this: when the bull, when the first bull ran by and his back was about eye level, I'm like. What the hell am I doing? Yes, no, I had that thought before I did it, which is the beauty of why I didn't go, no matter how white I am. Uh, With that, we welcome you back to another hour of Get Up. We're live at the Seaport. We are brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. This was a game that had absolutely everything at stake for both teams, and it may have been the biggest statement of the season. Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, only one came to play. Actually, we didn't need a lot of Josh Allen yesterday, but this was a nice play. Yeah, did, did a really good job of getting outside the pocket there. They get Shoot. Cook matched up on a linebacker on the corner route. Just a smooth hand stood out to me. And then the ability, Josh Allen, quarterback sneak down in the goal line, doesn't need a lot of help to get in. He ran one and threw one for the 10th time this season. That's the most by any quarterback uh. in any season in NFL history. And then the defense took over. Yeah, third and one. It really felt like Buffalo knew the play there. Dallas is trying to take a shot to generate some type of excitement. The pressure gets to Dak. Nowhere to go with the football. Now, this is going to be remembered as the James Cook game. 221 yards from scrimmage as the Bills would go on to win it. 31 to 10. Josh Allen completed only seven passes. They didn't need more. A statement win for the Bills. And as far as Dallas, what? Honestly, it's just unacceptable at this point. Uh, there's no excuse for it. Uh, it's mind-boggling. I don't understand it. why we're not playing well and why we're not coming together on the road. It's a huge difference. It's what the, this next week of preparation and, and honestly these next couple of weeks are about is, is figuring out what that, that difference is and trying to close that gap. Uh, obviously, we'd love to come out, start like we play at home, produce like we do at home, uh, but that just hadn't been the case. So what they're talking about there is the Cowboys' home road split, and it is noticeable. The Cowboys have not lost a game at home this year. They've been blown out a few times on the road, and their only road wins are against the Chargers, the Giants, um, and uh, the Carolina. But you, you guys educate me. I'm watching that game yesterday. They could have played that game on Mars. The way the Bills bludgeoned the Cowboys, to me, that was not about where the game was played. 
Am I missing something? No, it looked a lot like when the Cowboys played the 49ers, and they're getting pushed off the ball on the defensive front, and they get that ball. The game gets away from them quickly. They get one-dimensional on offense, and they can't stop the run. They have no answers for it. It seems like the run scheme was not super complicated, but they were just better and more physical and more aggressive. Yeah, I, I mean, I look at it this this way. Everything you say is true. They got out physical. They got out coached. Everything happened. However, I knew it was going to happen. It's, it's a hangover effect. Let it let down quit. game. It let down game completely. And why? How is it possible? All right. Well, it, it's possible this way. You won four straight to, to go against your, you know, your arch rival in, in Philly. Okay. You finally get it and you conquer that game. You absolutely knocked them out. I mean, a tremendous game. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to happen, Greeny. I've been there. I've been on a sideline. A similar situation. All right. When we ended up. You know, getting beat by New England on a Monday night. We never got beat. We got destroyed. Right. <laughs> and I said six weeks later, we're going to play them again. And when we do, we're going to kick their butt. And we did. But then we had nothing left. The next week, we're in the AFC Championship game. How the hell can you have a hangover after that? Well, we did. We're down 20-something to nothing uh, before, you know, I mean, halftime. And it was like, look, it happens. This is a game uh, by humans. It's not played by robots. Yeah, I, get I it. knew it was going to happen, Greeny. It, well, it, it, they, they can't afford for it to happen, and yet it did. So the Cowboys, by losing that game, let's be clear, they put themselves in a position where unless the Giants beat the Eagles in one of the two, at least one of the two matchups those two teams still have, the Cowboys are going to have to go on the road in January. They can't. They, they can't do it. They cannot get to the Super Bowl and have to go on the road. This team is not going to go on the road and play three clean, spotless games in a row. The last five times that they've gone on the road and played winning teams, they're 0-5. It's a completely different football team. At home, they're outstanding. Mm -hmm. In the conversation for top two, top three team in the NFL, on the road, they're vulnerable. I get it, but Dan, what I'm asking you is if that game yesterday was played in Dallas, would it have looked completely different? James Cook isn't still running all over them all day long. I think Buffalo's the better football team. That's why I took Buffalo. I think it looks different. I don't think it's so one-sided as it felt yesterday. Two drives into that game, it felt like, oh my gosh, this one's over. That that was, Greeny, what was very clear was Buffalo had, throughout the week, figured out how they wanted to attack Dallas. How'd they do it? They just decided, number one, we we're going to run at number 14. We were going to hop the back. We did that in the first hour. Number two, they were going to pull their tackle. Seven times they pulled their tackles, either Deion Dawkins or Spencer Brown. One of the reasons why is the way that Dallas was playing, kind of the edge of their defense. They wanted to get Micah to step down in many ways. This first play of the game. Okay, they get a motion step. What did I talk about? This Dallas defense struggles versus motion. The linebacker kicks all the way out towards the bottom of the screen. They're going to pull the backside tackle. Micah steps down with the frontside tackle. Now, Demarcus Lawrence is going to come from the backside and make a three-yard gain. But if you're Buffalo, you're sitting there, hey, if we shut that down, we got huge gains. Here it comes again. Motion. They motion. They follow the motion. There's communication that has to happen with the defense. Watch the right tackle, Spencer Brown, again. Micah steps down. Look at this. You think that's hard for him to block Micah in that regard because he has to step down, tackle pull, the backside hangs with Josh Allen? Seven times they didn't end the game. They also got into what we call Pony 21, which is two backs, one tight end, but they didn't play with the fullback. They played with Johnson, who's mm-hmm. the back. He used to play for the Jets. Yeah, yeah. And they, what they did was they tried to get him to be the person that blocked the, the perimeter player. Two backs, one tight end, but Johnson's lined up as essentially a tight end. Four defensive linemen. Two linebackers that we've talked about that are light guys. Johnson's going to be able to step up. Look at 
Deion Dawkins is blocking a 200-pound person. He's an <laughs> offensive tackle and one of the best in football. And so getting in that 21 personnel forced Dallas to stay in their grouping. Again, there's four defensive linemen. They got two linebackers on the field. Look at the matchups that they get Buffalo-wise when it comes to the, the, the blocking. Johnson's blocking the linebacker again. I have a safety getting blocked by a 350-pound guy for Buffalo. This was a Dan Quinn questions answered game. So I feel like you're making my point for me. You could have played that game anywhere and you could do all of those things. Yes. Here's the problem. No team ever goes into a game thinking, let's start this one out by falling down 14-0. I'm speaking the obvious there. Yeah. But the Cowboys are a team that just can't afford it. They, they can't come from behind. They remind me of the old Peyton Manning Colts teams that they were built to play with the yep. lead because they have this explosive offense and then they're going to let those pass rushers loose on you. And if you get them into a fight where all of a sudden now it's, you know, bare knuckles at the line of scrimmage, the Cowboys got bludgeoned yesterday. Yeah, their defense is definitely built to play with the lead. I think their offense is capable of putting together enough points to come back in a normal situation. But as well as the Bills offense was prepared for the Cowboys defense, the Bills defense was, compared, was prepared for totally. the Cowboys offense also. They were changing the looks post-snap, which is something that really hurts Dak Prescott because he has a true understanding of defenses and he makes really good decisions. They don't run complicated schemes, but he makes the right decisions most of the time. But if he makes the right decision pre-snap and then you change the look, it's confusing. And then you're overrunning the tackles in a way that we rarely see happen to the Cowboys. It's going to be a problem. They made Dak play slow and with doubt. That's not what he has been. Again, this game is not on Dak Prescott mm -hmm. in any regard. Mm -hmm. But if we asked you, if, if I asked you, if every day we come in, we talk about what's been the standout thing for the Dallas offense. I've talked about the timing and rhythm of his feet, the timing and rhythm of his feet. What are the ways that you guys throw off our timing and rhythm? You guys change yeah, coverage. Absolutely. Physical at the line of scrimmage right. with the wide receivers. You change from cover one to cover two, cover two to cover. That's all that happened. And if you watch that there was just moments of hesitation and doubt, and that showed this is a credit to Buffalo, and it is a very much so blueprint of, hey, this is some of the things you could do to have success versus Dallas. Here's the worst thing you can say about the game yesterday for the Cowboys. Is, is, is the answer to the question, was it their offense or their defense, is yes. Right? They, got, they got absolutely destroyed on both sides of the ball. To me, this game said more about the Bills than anything else. And, you know, Rex, last week, Cam Newton set off this huge discussion about what is a game manager, right? Well, yesterday, Josh Allen managed the game, to his credit, because that's a guy who we always say he'll try and force something. Yeah. even. Josh Allen handed the freaking ball off all day yeah. long. I thought that was a... It almost felt like growth for a guy who was willing to have only seven completions. Well, it's so funny because I, I like the, the, the deal about a game manager. Yeah. You know what that means to me? He's a winner. Yeah. That's what a game manager is. In other words, he doesn't jeopardize his team, and, and he does things to win games for his team, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. It's special to be a game manager. Like, if you're lacking talent, that's what we usually associate with game managers, not the fact. Yeah. Okay, this man is as talented as anybody that's ever played the position. And what he did, he affected the games in ways that you can't see uh, statistically. How? Well, specifically, anytime he's given the ball to, to uh, James Cook, who do you think's pressing the edge? He's holding the backside in players or edge players. Why? Because they're scared that he's going to run bootlegs and, and get on the perimeter. He affects the game whether he's Throwing it or not. Every, every quarterback needs to manage the game. But what I saw from Josh Allen on the first drive that was really impressive to me, he threw the ball away. 
Like, he didn't have to – Michael Parsons got through the line in the first drive there in the red zone. As soon as Michael Parsons shows up, he throws – he dirts it. He's like, this is, I think, second down maybe. Yeah. Get rid of it. We get another chance. And then on third down, again, he's under pressure, and he throws it away. And yep. third down is a time when you expect a quarterback for too much. You know what that says to me? It says that he trusts the play caller, and he trusts the people around him in a way that I don't think he ever You had. guys remember week one versus the Jets? Yes. He played awful. What did I say that he had to do the next day? Oh. Grow up. Like someone did it not come across as this was a very clear game that they knew quarterback wise, don't give the ball away. We will win. Don't give the ball away. We win. We're, we, we are the better football team. Right. Yeah. That's one of the first moments that you watched Josh play in that regard. Didn't do anything that special other than not hurt the football team. Yeah, I, I will tell you, in all honesty, I don't remember you saying that because I was in a state of shock the morning after that first game against the Jets because Aaron yeah. Rodgers had just uh, torn his Achilles four plays into the season. But the point is well made. Josh Allen, there does, does seem to be a level of trust. This yeah. is not meant to be a, a, a knock on Ken Dorsey, who people think is a good coach, and yeah. I'm sure we'll right. get another chance. But there does seem to be a level of trust that Allen has with Brady. And right now, to me, the Bills look very dangerous. By the way, speaking of dangerous... Our staff is the best. Look what we found. This is Rex Ryan running with the Bulls. Wow. Rex, what are you doing? Well, I'm actually thinking my son was behind me. Yeah. And uh, he had already gone ahead of me. You seem to be struggling to get over that wall, Rex. My son there. What are you doing? I'm trying to wait because I think my son's behind. I ran with it, like, by the way, three different times. But this is a great shot of me. Like, okay, I'm getting here. And watch, somebody's going to pull me over this thing. I'm trying to get there where I can find my son. Somebody reaches over, yanks me over there, and my son's already in. That's what the quarterbacks opposing Rex Ryan normally look like. <laughs> and Rex is like, oh, Lord, they're running fast. They're big. Rex Ryan. Oh, my I, goodness. I, it's all about family. I'm trying to protect my son, yeah. and I'm trying to find him. And, and maybe keep him away from bulls to. in the streets of Pamplona. Okay, that would that have been too. a good way to be that safe too. before we begin. In the meantime, we go <laughs> big picture on the Buffalo <laughs> Bills as we continue. Spoiler alert, they're going to the Super Bowl. We got that, and one of the teams they'll knock off on the way might be Kansas City. We'll talk about the problems in KC, which are the same they've always had. The question is, is there one thing they can change to solve that problem we'll tell you exactly what it is next delicious meat nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there each one ounce serving has six grams of protein giving you over 10 percent of your daily value wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go and you're on the go a lot taking the kids to school hopping from meeting to meeting shopping for groceries well the good news is not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. 
For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply All right, back on Get Up here. Let's run through so much of yesterday's action here. The the Chiefs beat the Patriots yesterday, but it continues not to be pretty. And, Dan, the relationship between Patrick Mahomes and his receivers, not good. Yeah, Andy Reid's going to have to figure out what's going on because Patrick now is starting to look at really only Travis Kelsey. He's got Rasheed Rice there for a dump off, kind of just staring at Kelsey play action. He's got Noah Gray up in the flat route. Patrick always kicks it there, but he's kind of hanging on. Travis Kelsey ends up throwing the ball over the middle of the field, gets ripped away for an interception. That's not an interception on the quarterback. That's an interception on the tight end. He's got Kelsey here, but because the tackles struggle so much, now kind of Patrick is starting to trust that offensive line just a little bit less, and his eyes seem to be dropping. So this is not a great situation for the quarterback. It's just not. It, it, this is, the Both tackles struggle mightily, and not only do guys struggle to get open, I think we're at the point where Andy Reid has to – Ask this question. Can Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore see the field anymore? And I don't think they should play that much, I, I, if at all. They're, the lack of trust, the drops, the fumbles, the lack of communication, it, it's just too glaring to not get into the, the AFC title game because of. After all the stuff that happened with Kadarius, Tony, last week, he has one of the really terrible – there it is. That's a terrible drop of a ball that is directly in his hands that turns into an interception – at a time when the Chiefs were trying to put the game away, and that prevented them from putting it away. Now they wind up winning anyway, and, and the Patriots are really bad. But that, that's a, another of all the things you thought there's no way in the world that this would happen again this week, Dominique. Now what? Yeah, I think the, the worst thing about this is Patrick Mahomes looks disgusted, and he's not even seeming to hide it anymore. There was a time a few weeks ago where it felt like he would he would hide it and he would pretend like he's not upset with them, he's not disappointed, he's not disgusted with them. But what's shocking is if they had average receiver play, we feel like Patrick Mahomes would elevate this group. Their receivers are a, a negative, and that's really hard to win with when you're a passing-oriented league with one of the best quarterbacks you've ever Rex, seen. Rex, you were a head coach. I mean, this Kadarius Tony in particular. Yeah. Last week, the lining up of offsides. We've seen multiple mistakes and drops all season. Now this one again. What do you do? You're the coach. Yeah, uh, if it was just him, it's easy. 
All right, we, we're just not going to play him. It ain't just him. Yeah. It's all of his Watson receivers. had a drop. But every one of them. And here's the thing. It's details in that same room. And so if I'm Andy Reid, and, and trust me, Andy Reid's a player's coach. His fastball is like he cares for him. He protects him. He does all that. He's always going to protect him in the media and, and in public. But privately, he needs to go in there, shut that door with every receiver in that room, including that coach, and say, hey, it ain't getting done. He needs to lay into him and rip and tear him a new you-know-what. Mm-hmm. He really does because you're letting our whole football team down. It's details, specifics, have tape to show. Why are you breaking off a route when you're running a wheel route? It's the quarterback's job to break you off. Run the route. They do it over and over. Uh, You're you're a receiver. How about we catch the football? Hmm. How about we catch? And if you can't catch, there's a jugs machine. I want 200 catches every every day. I watch that Amonra St. Brown. He can catch everything. By the way, he catches 202 balls every single day. I mean, you can get better at these things. But if you're not committed to the team, you're killing our football team right now. We have the greatest quarterback that's ever played talent-wise. What the hell are we doing? You're letting our entire team down. You're you're not going to get to the Super Bowl with bad tackles and and drops. And I thought it would fix itself. I I honestly did. I was like, they're not going to not get to the Super Bowl because they can't catch the ball. I've never seen that happen. It continues to show itself. And I think for one of those two guys, listen, this is a – like, you got to go play. You either do your job or you don't get to do your job. But who are you going to put in? Marquez Valdez? That's the problem. The answers, as, as our buddy Mike T said last week, the answers are not in the building. Yeah. Uh, right? I mean, we're, we're, there's, there's, you can't go out and get any help. So if the answers aren't in the building, the problem's not going to get solved. The bottom line is, is this going to keep Kansas City from getting back to the Super Bowl? Absolutely. It's hard for me to imagine that at, what are we at, week 15, headed yeah. into week 16? Yeah. That some, all of a sudden, these guys are going to become – Good receivers. I mean, I made the point a second ago. It's not even like that they're average. They're like bad. They're hurting the team. Week in and week out, it's the same group doing similar and different things that are hurting the team. I'm not sure what the answer is. I'm, I mean, Rex, if you want to go in and slam the door and yell at him, uh, maybe it's right. because you don't have any Me. other answers, but that ain't going to fix them. Yeah, but but I, think it, I, I think it has a chance to. Understand that because it's easy. If you don't say anything, mm-hmm. they assume it's uh, acceptable. It ain't acceptable. And so to me, look, I was a player's coach, all that. Yeah. My fastball was the same thing as Andy Reid's, just obviously not as good. Mm-hmm. But I'll be dang if I didn't have a changeup and I could rip somebody's ass. And, and trust me, he, it needs to happen. The downside is Rasheed Rice has become a player. He's a good player. Oh, he's become a fantastic player. So you sit there and say, now we got to see what Kelsey's health is with that potential arm injury. But the, the downside is that rookie has become a really good player. It's just they need a third or fourth guy, and, and no one has become reliable. Look, Rasheed Rice was a second-round pick. Sky Moore was a second-round pick. Kadarius Toney was a first-round pick, albeit of a different team. I mean, these are guys who should be yeah. able to I make you a difference. Sit one of them. Right I think you got to sit one of them. Right now they're real trouble. Let's see. Let me run through some other stuff that we saw yesterday. Nick, give me a number one takeaway on a dominating win for the Ravens last night in Jacksonville. Oh, this is the best defense in football. They're getting after this team. They turn every team into the worst offense in football as far as their pass defense is concerned. The pass rush is outstanding. 
The coverage is multiple, complex, and incredibly smart. They're going to be a tough team to beat, especially if that offense gets going. Speaking of the worst offense in football, the Jets were shut yes. out in Miami yesterday, Rex. Yeah, what yeah. would we like to say about them? Ooh. They're absolutely horrendous on offense. And, and it's not – everybody blames the quarterback. You're going to blame the quarterback when he has absolutely no protection. All right, zero protection. Let's put Trevor Simeon in. He looked absolutely outstanding. All right, they the, – the, 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 I mean, I don't know what it is. There's no magic for you, but you can't block anybody. That's the first thing. All right, you can't block. You can't run. You can't throw the football. Why don't we punt on first down? That might be better because this offense stinks. They had 103 total yards. I'm sorry. It's brutal. No, it's brutal, and they have more excuses than any other team in the NFL. Are they the only team that has injuries on the offensive line? Are they the only team that's lost their starting quarterback this year? No. Because they're the only one that looks completely lost and incompetent on offense all season long. The Browns are making the Jets look really bad. Fourth quarterback. They're down a bunch of linemen. They're down a bunch of quarterbacks, and they all also have a great defense in there, holding it together, putting Good something point. respectable the, out there. The Jets' problems are, are every bit as much coaching as they are in talent. Can I just show you one wonderful thing? Danny, how about Charlie Woods yesterday? How Tiger's son. How about this moment here? The PNC? Come on. Watch the reaction. Trickle, 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 trickle. Down. Look now at watch Charlie. the reaction. <laughs> again, Tiger. I mean, he, he has so many mannerisms that are just like Tiger. Fun to watch. Making his dad proud. All right. At least something that was kind of fun to watch. Okay. As we continue, are the Bills bowl bound? Their path might actually be a lot easier than you think it is. We'll dive into that. But first, Rex, speaking of not so easy, here's a sneaky one from Hembo. Which quarterback threw the most touchdowns in a season in which he also ran for at least 10? The answer is next. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. All right, we are back on Get Up, and Josh Allen has thrown 26 touchdown passes this year, and he's rushed for 11. So here is the question from Hembo for you, Rex. Which quarterback threw the most touchdowns in the season in which he also ran for at least 10? All right, so the sneaky part of it takes out the obvious Josh Allen, right? Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're good with that. Right, it's not Josh Allen. He's got it. But I'm sitting back thinking... Do I go back to the single wing days when they maybe threw three passes and got, you know, this some dual threat, you know, back in the day? But it has to be a, a dual dual threat guy. Right. All right. 
And I missed on this guy earlier in the season when I said Cam Newton. I'm not missing now. Cam Newton. Cam Newton is right. Cam Newton is correct. Bam. That is right for Bam. Rex. Bam. Cam yes. Newton. I, I, I got to be honest. Ah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But there's. Where, where are we here? I don't know. Where, where are we here, guys? Right over here. Yeah, right there. Right there. Where is it? I own you, my friend. I own you. I'm going to get me back. You know what? He'll never say Cam Newton yeah. again. Well, yes, leaving. I will. Yeah. Hembo and Jack are leaving. Oh, Hembo's leaving. Thank you. And thank order, you. If Hembo leaves, guys. Jack has to leave with him. He's like how his many, puppy dog. How many did he throw for that year? He threw 35 touchdowns and ran for 10. Wait. He was the MVP of the league it that 45 year. 45 that year? 45 yeah. total touchdowns accounted yeah. for. Josh Allen. What was the record? How many losses did they have that year? 15 one. and 1. 15 and 1. Josh Allen one. has 37 right now. Oh, we will go on. In the meantime, yeah, I have been adopted by the Bills Mafia in what can only be described as the strangest relationship of all time. I am a Jet fan, and I eat wings with a fork and knife. And yet somehow the Bills Mafia has adopted me, I guess because, Dan, you and I are the only ones on national television who recognize that Josh Allen is the second best player in the National Football League. Everyone loves to point out all the things he doesn't do. It's Patrick Mahomes and then it's Josh Allen. It's to me, I don't even think it's that complicated. You're making uh, that face no, and mean, that's why you're not in Bills Mafia. I, I Trust me, I'm not trying to be in Bills Mafia. However... This is the wrong game to be talking about how great Josh Allen is. Like, this is your point about the team is a good one because the team seems to be coming around. And no one disagrees. You guys in this straw man about people yeah, picking right. on Josh Allen. <laughs> Every week, you guys make up this straw man and pretend like it's a real thing. We all know that Josh Allen is great. We all say he's great. We also also say that what did you, what did you What did you say about Stafford this morning? I was like, yo, the Rams are going to oh, get in the playoffs. And what I did said you say? Stafford is nasty, but he's going to throw it at the other guys every now and then. This is my point. What? You, there's always <laughs> a but. With Josh Allen. Let's get into it. You say he didn't do that much yesterday. Here's here is Allen himself yesterday talking about his performance in which he completed only seven passes. Felt like the the kid that didn't do anything in the class project but got an A. Um, But again, like I'll do this ten times out of ten times, man. Like this keep going. He's, he's never been able to say that. that that's the thing. Right. Let, let's yeah. actually take let, – let's stop kidding around for a minute yeah. and get serious. That did show some growth, right? The fact that he didn't force anything. He took what was available to him in a big spotlight game that meant absolutely everything when he usually does try and put on the cape. He let the other guy be the hero yesterday. He trusted in that. That feels like it was significant. Well, because he believes in the people around him on the journey. And I remember doing the Monday Night Football game two years ago when Brandon Bean, their general manager, was like, we just got to get Josh to trust the people around him, to not feel like he has to do it himself. That's why they've added some of the people that they have, Dalton Kincaid, James Cook of last year. And now this is a quarterback that, after a stretch of games here, like on the road versus Philadelphia, had to go be Superman. On the road versus Kansas City, made some big plays, but it didn't have to be unbelievable. And yesterday, barely did anything. He just didn't need to make sure he didn't make any type of crucial mistake. And that's the first time in Josh Allen's career that you could take a step back and say, this now looks like a complete offense under Joe Brady. And so, the Bills, who have 
a, a, an easier than you might expect path into the playoffs. You're going to see all these people telling you, oh, the Bills might very well might not make the playoffs. And, of course, it's possible that they don't. But their path to winning the AFC East is actually quite clear. Having now beaten Jack, um, Kansas City and Dallas in consecutive weeks, the Bills get the Chargers and Patriots very winnable games. The, the uh, Dolphins, in the meantime, have to play Dallas At home and on the road. Baltimore. Yep. If the Dolphins lose either one of those two games, then that game the last weekend of the season, Buffalo at Miami will be for the AFC East. Yeah, absolutely. And we all know what happened that the first time yep. these two teams met, right? It will was, it be it different in absolute... Miami right now? Seeing what the Dolphins did yesterday against the, you know, the Jets without Tyreek Hill, whatever it is, uh, will the, are the Bills right now better than the Dolphins? Well, I mean, we're going to find out. But yeah. I'm going to tell you this. Miami's closed the gap. I can assure you they've closed the gap on Buffalo from the first time they met. Okay. Okay. And why? Because they've added Jalen Ramsey back to the mix. Mm -hmm. They get that defense starting to play a lot better. So, to me, they've closed that gap. Now, how much? Plus, don't forget, there's more injuries with Buffalo. So, I think this is going to be an amazing football game. It's not going to be a blowout by Buffalo. Yeah, maybe it's recency bias, but I like Buffalo in that situation in part because what we saw yesterday. The point that you made, we give Josh Allen a hard time, but the trust was big him making the decision to throw balls away and he knows that he has that cape as you mentioned before it's in there he can take it out when he needs to why are you acting like I ain't been saying this about Josh all year? Yeah. You're in this yeah. foolishness. But, yeah, Josh, this team is really good. Hey. Their defense is not as good as what we saw yesterday. Uh, but that is the, the weak you spot. Know, you know who knew that he has uh, the potential of putting the cape on? That was you. Dallas. Oh, well, Dallas. me, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, I've seen a I'm few so quarterbacks. I'm so used to you pointing out that you were right on yeah, things. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I jumped the gun. I'm what sorry. I should have started with that. Yeah. But. Dallas, yeah. like, why do they get that run game going so much? Because There's every single enough. time he gave the ball, he ends up coming here. He doesn't even have the ball in his hand. So he affected that game in way more ways than you think, and not statistically, but that defensive end. Who do you think yeah. held that backside defensive end? Why couldn't he uh, close the uh, – the, 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 the cutback run. Right. Why? Because he's chasing Josh Allen. I think Buffalo's the second scariest team in football right yeah. now. Yeah. I, I, behind San Francisco. If, if we look at who this defense is, we've talked all season long about the injuries. Rightfully so. This is one of the best third down defenses in football. They have shut down big time receivers. They have a run game now that controls the football. they got multiple personnel. And I think in that week 18 game, yep. just like we saw James Cook be the star yesterday, yep. it'll be James Cook because the way to attack Miami's defense is a pass-catching tailback. Okay, so, so that you say is the second scariest team. Let's get to the scariest. The 49ers, another ho-hum, easy win yesterday as we watch what they're doing right now. Dan, what is your number one thought on San Francisco? Their offense, when in rhythm, is the most unstoppable offense in football. You can make the case that this is one of the best offenses we've seen in the NFL over the last 20 to 25 years, maybe the 2018 Chiefs. I mean, they do whatever they want. There's multiplicity in their run game. The quarterback continues to make big plays. They have two of the top three or four MVP candidates in all of football and their quarterback and their tailback. And they've got diversity on their football team, both in personnel and scheme, that is rare. Well, as you see, Brock Purdy is, as of this moment, an odds-on favorite to win MVP. But his tailback, Christian McCaffrey, is in the top five. And the quarterback thinks the tailback should win. Dude, I think... I think Christian should be MVP. I think I, I really do believe that. You know, he does everything um, for us, runs the ball well, can catch the ball. He does everything. And so, in my eyes, that's an MVP.
What do you think of that, Rex Ryan? No, he's the MVP. Brock Purdy's the MVP of this league. I like him saying it, though. And Oh, I love him saying that. I mean, the kids, another reason he should be in the MVP, because he gets it. And, and to me, oh, let's give him the game manager tag, too, even though he throws for about 10 yards per pass attempt. Yeah. Like, the guy is an amazing player. He's doing it. If they don't have him in there, they're not even close to the team they are right now. Are the what? Play, are, are the, they're are, not close. Not close? No, not close. This guy right here. Oh, you're going to put – let's put our boy Trey Lance in there. Let's put whoever that they had before Jimmy Garoppolo. It's a way different If Jimmy Garoppolo team. is still the quarterback of this no, team, are they still the team to beat? No. Absolutely not. This guy right here is is playing his tail off. So, so, so Dominique, is the postseason in the NFC the San Francisco Invitational? Absolutely. I think so. And I think even, like, uh, most of the time you would go the field just because it's safe. But I think even the analytics suggest that the 49ers are more likely to make it to the Super Bowl than any other team. So, yeah. Yeah. Let me go then to another team that looked awfully good on Saturday night and a win they desperately needed. The Lions hang 42 on Denver on Saturday. We they they were starting to feel like a team you couldn't trust. Right. Did they change your feelings on them one way or another Saturday night, Neek? Not mine. I, I mean, I still need to see them get a real pass rush, uh, a consistent pass rush, or find some sort of identity defensively. The defense scares me, and combined with the scary Ooh. defense is a quarterback that I think is incredible when he has time and space, as most quarterbacks are. The scary thing is getting into shootouts week after week with Jared Goff, and you get pressure on him. I don't think that you For those wondering, when that bottom graphic said second Lions player ever to throw five touchdowns and no picks, wasn't me. That is my favorite play of the year. Yeah. I'm in Ross St. Brown. He flew Not over those defenders. Remember when their general manager got killed for taking some of their draft picks yeah. forward in Jameer Gibbs? Th- that whole, this, this that was this year's draft class. Yeah. This is what I liked about that Denver game, because I thought Denver was going to win the game. I, I, I thought Denver What? Was, I did. No way. I think Detroit's defense, which has been the question this year, just needs to say, you know what? We are just going to blitz your yeah. face off. We're going to attack call you. Brian Flores. Yes. We're just going to attack you. We're not going to let you control the game on offense. If we can get two or three stops or get a takeaway here or there, our offense can, can so dominate this, the football This, this reminds me Live. of when – the, the Kansas City Chiefs, when Spagnola went over to Kansas City. Yeah. I'm like, how easy is this? You get two takeaways, you, know, take you win. Yeah. You get two stops, you win. Why? Because you talk about scary, this offense only, is absolutely scary. The only team that I think Detroit cannot beat is San Francisco. Like, confidently. Kid, they, of course they can. But, I mean, They're going to play Dallas in two weeks. I would have more faith in them if they address their defense the same way Brian Flores does his or Wink Martindale did with his. It's like fair. We have a talent deficiency, so we need high variance. we got to be aggressive. They're playing, and we can't rush the passer. They're playing defense like they can match up when they can. Let me get one more quick in here. Green Bay losing yesterday. It's been an up-and-down year for them. Just when we thought we could trust them, now we can't. Tampa put up a bunch of points on yeah. them yesterday. Talk to me about Jordan Love well, the Let's Packers. talk about it. it. I mean, everybody is going to talk about Jordan Love. It's not Jordan Love thing. Oh, man. It's a defensive thing. And this defense right here, you talk about a horrible defense. They make the, the Detroit Lions look like the 85 Bears. This team right here stinks on defense. And by the way, might be one of the most talented yeah. units well, there are individually. They stink. 
They're poorly coached. They absolutely stink. Quay Walker, Eric Stokes, Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, Rashawn Gary, Lucas Van Ness, all first-round picks. Oh, yeah, there you go. What an underachieving unit. I, I would embarrassment. Say this. I would say this. I think the talent is better than they're given the opportunity to, to be. But so you're blaming the coaching. Now you're, you're blaming. The coaching is so constantly, like, soft. Like, it, it hairs completions, guys. Just like, go back to the two-minute drill that the Giants ran last week. It was just completion after completion after completion. There's very little challenge to offenses. Joe Barry is their defensive coordinator. He was the number one trending topic on Twitter at one point after this game yesterday. The Packer fans have surprise. seen enough. In the meantime, the weekend is not done. The Eagles have a huge game tonight, and they have made a sneaky big move over the weekend. Speaking of defensive coordinators, is that going to be the one that puts the Eagles back on top? We'll talk about it next. Punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Intercepted, dropped him for the sack. Prescott taking a shot. Well, that was ugly. They beat us with the formula. Weaving his way through tacklers and dragging people. One yard touchdown run by Josh Allen. Look out, Dak. Down he goes. Intercepted. We just trusted our guys to make plays, and uh, they did. Diggs, an unbelievable one-handed grab. A blowout. Thoroughly outplayed by the Buffalo Bills. A bludgeoning in Buffalo yesterday. The ramifications overwhelming. No one does these uh, touchscreens better than Dan Orlovsky does. What do we want to focus on today? The clear plan for the Buffalo Bills was to run at number 14, Marquise Bell, and throw at number 33, Damone Clark. So when it comes to formations, the Buffalo Bills, I want everyone to understand, they get into a passing strength where their tight ends are here. First, go to Micah Parsons, okay? Micah is going to go always to the tight end. Second of all, when Micah goes to the tight end, number 14, Marquise Bell is going to be their will linebacker, okay? Now, what the Buffalo Bills did a brilliant job of is knowing that they were going to set their formation. And then right before the snap, what they did was, see how the back just went from the right side all the way to the other? He, that's called hop the back. Now, what happens is they don't block Micah Parsons. Micah's going to stay unblocked right there. And now they're running at number 14, Marquise Bell, who's a 205-pounder, okay? So you set the formation. You make Micah unblocked. You hop the back so there's no tell exactly what you want to do. And then look what happens. You pull your center, and Mitch Morse is 200, excuse me, 300 pounds. Marquise Bell is 200. That's a 100-yard pound advantage, 100 yards, excuse me, 100-pound advantage for Buffalo. Happened multiple times in the game. Now, second half, Buffalo and Dallas start to figure out Defensively, okay, Dallas is going to try to do something differently. Set the formation, right? Where's Micah Parsons? He's going to the tight ends. Where's the Will linebacker? That's the weak side linebacker. He's going to be away. You're going to see the hop the back again where James Cook is going to start on the left. He's going to go to Josh Allen's right. Now, what Dallas tried to do was flip these linebackers. Once Cook goes, pay attention to Clark and Marquise Bell. They're going to try to shift because they don't want that disadvantage. Look what happens. Ball gets snapped. These 
these guys get left trying to change that advantage or switch, and now what happens is Buffalo gets a mass. Look at this. Oh. Everybody on Dallas is over here, and now you got Micah Parsons going towards that bunch concept. Look at this scene for James Cook. There is nobody in the middle field for Dallas's defense. Huge cutback lane. Now that's running at number 14, Marquise Bell, on a consistent basis. Again, Dallas trying to throw change-ups, so this time they try to take Micah Parsons and put him away from the bunch. Now here's Marquise Bell, and here's Damone Clark, okay? Now what's going to happen is you're going to see James Cook again. He's going to hop the back. They're now trying to take advantage of the pass game. Hop the back away from Marquise Bell. They want to throw on Damone Clark. You're going to get the receiver slot. Go try to set a little bit of a pick right there on Marquise Bell. James Cook gets one-on-one for the corner route. And it's a beautiful touchdown pass from Josh Allen to James Cook. It was very clear. The name of the game for Buffalo was going to be hop the back, don't block Micah Parsons and run at Marquise Bell. And to the point that Rex, I feel, has made, and I think it was – I saw it on the first play, the threat of Josh Allen running with that ball is a factor in that, right? They have to honor that. A hundred percent. That's why they don't block Micah, and that's why they can not block Micah. Greeny, I've said this all year. This is the San Francisco blueprint. This, in many ways, is the Philadelphia blueprint of last year. So if you're uh, Dallas – Teams are going to copycat this, and they've got to figure out an answer to make sure that teams don't know exactly where Micah is going to be. All right, speaking of the Eagles, they finish up the weekend tonight, and it becomes an enormous game. You see uh, Jalen Hurts, his health a huge factor. He's sick, apparently got worse as time went on, so we won't know because of this illness whether or not he's going to go. But there's an indication of just how important a part of that team's offense he is. We should get word on both he and Geno Smith's availability at some point before tonight's game. In the meantime, I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball in Philadelphia. It didn't get an enormous amount of attention. But, Rex, you've been very critical of the Eagles' first-year defensive coordinator, Sean Desai. Well, it seems he has been demoted, or at least he will no longer be calling the defensive plays. Matt Patricia will be. How significant do you think that is? Well, look, Matt Patricia, you know, is no Buddy Ryan, all right? But (laughs) he's... He's going to look like a genius. Oh, by the way, yeah. we all know he is a genius, but he, he really is. He is a really good defensive coach. Mm-hmm. Matt Patricia is. He understands that we can't just, you know, here's what we're going to line up in and we play it. He's going to be the exact opposite of that. So, yes, I think it's going to be a huge improvement for this team. They also, to your point about looking good, all of a sudden they stop playing a lot of good offenses. They're going to play the Giants twice. They're going to play uh, winnable games, Arizona. Yeah. They're going to play games that are set up maybe to make their defense look good. The average fan, like myself, Dominique, might ask, how much can you change everything you're doing with a new, uh, for all intents right. and purposes, a new coordinator well, with two weeks or three weeks left in the season? They have experience and they have, I mean, all defenses have access to just about every defense that you want to call. Whether you have experience practicing it and making an adjustment with it is a different story. I think it would be kind of foolish to try to overturn everything. And I also am not as uh, optimistic about the new defensive coordinator as I think that Rex is. So we'll see. I'm not sure that his track record suggests that he's a, a coming and fix it guy. It's not, at least not what he's shown in the past. If you make the right move, it's huge. I mean, we, do, we just talked about Buffalo. They, yeah. they fired their offensive coordinator a month ago, and they look unbelievable right now. Uh, this is what I know about Matt Patricia. When he was with the Patriots, it's a, it was a lot of like different defensive line games. They haven't gotten pressure like they did this year. 
This is a dangerous game for Philly. No Darius Slay tonight. Yeah. We'll see if Geno plays or not, but this is still a vaunted pass game when it comes to their pass catchers. He's the only guy that's been good in coverage this year. Well, let's put the picks up on the screen there. I'm the only guy who's on the Seahawks for tonight, and I'll remind everybody the Eagles can afford to lose tonight's game when it comes to the division. They would remain ahead of the Cowboys based on a tiebreaker Dude, even if they lose tonight. You believe this or you just playing prices right rules like you, you did know with that answer, dog. <laughs> you, you actually believe this or you don't want it to say all oh, even. He wants another tweet. He's like, he yeah. You said $10, I say ten oh one. No, but see, you're missing the forest for the trees. If everyone thinks something is going to happen, it uh, never, never does. does. <laughs> what literally happened yesterday. Oh, that's oh, yeah, why, yeah. you know, that, and, and that's why someone was on Buffalo yesterday. Meanwhile, you should log on to ESPN Bet. Download the app. Be ready. ESPN Bet is the official sports book of ESPN. And for exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities like me, you can sign up right now uh, for the ESPN Bet app. All users get $200 in bonus bets after making any sports book bet. I have a, a seeing green special tonight on combined catches for A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. You can check that out by downloading the app and signing up today. All right, we get back to the Cowboys as we continue. And then Stephen A., well, what can you say? I cannot wait to hear what Stephen A. has to say about how about them Cowboys, and you're going to hear it live in five minutes here on ESPN. College Hoops triple header Wednesday. You're going to see Baylor and Duke and Carolina and number one Arizona. Be a fabulous night of basketball on ESPN. All right, Danny, before you run the first take, it's not a Monday without a joke. I'm All excited. Right. What, do, what did the policeman say to the snowman when he caught him stealing? What did the policeman you say, all to good. Me? You're white. say to the white? Freeze! <laughs> <laughs> I think my punchline was good, too. <laughs> what was your punchline? You're white. You're white. Don't worry about it. You're white. <laughs> <laughs> no? Make First take oh now.